Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us today. Pastor Rander has challenged us with a life-changing question. How will we live in a new year? The fact that we are able to hear today's message tells us that God has extended His grace to us in a new year, an opportunity to live for Him on earth and ultimately with Him eternally in heaven. Will we do what we've always done? Or will we commit ourselves to consistently seek God, hear God, trust God, and obey God? The Bible instructs us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Without Him, we can do nothing. With Him, nothing shall be impossible. We must be totally committed to Him, just as He is totally committed to us. He's given us another chance. What will we do with it? Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy. Uh, Romans 8, 38, 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You need to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. It is, it is about loving him and letting nothing separate us from God. Not the internet, not people, not sports, not stuff, not job, not money, not any of those things. Nothing should separate us from the love of God. We cannot have a divided allegiance and be successful in the kingdom of God. Number 13, being out of God's will keep us from rising. The word is rising to our God-given potential. If, 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 listen, you've got to be what God wants you to be in that season. If you're going to be all God is calling you to be being in the will of God involves a allowing the word is allowing the word of God to order our steps, allowing the word of God to order our steps. Psalms 119, 133a direct my steps by your word be leaning, leaning not on our own understanding and acknowledging God in every decision. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Listen, there's no such thing as a small decision. Every decision is a major decision. That's right. It's a major decision. And, and, and listen, it's no such thing as a small surgery. What do they call those surgeries? Minor surgery. That's what I'm looking at. Minor surgery. That's good. Like that minor. Listen, anytime they're going to go in your body, that's major. <laughs> okay. That's major. I remember my sister, uh, years ago, uh, she was going to have her toe amputated. And uh, we were just sitting, she was sitting on the corner of the bed. And we was having a great conversation the, 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 the night before the surgery. And so I prayed with her. And lo and behold, she had the surgery. And uh, she went into a coma and died. I'm just having a toe amputation. You see, so what I'm saying is that anytime somebody cutting you, going you, uh, outpatient, inpatient, long-term hospital stay, listen, it's major. And don't you, and listen, you, you, you need to talk to God about medicine. That's right. Talk about how much medicine. Even herbs. Herbs can kill you. Anything. It can help you. It can wipe you out. Sometimes stuff can interact the wrong way. And wipe you out. You need to hear God about everything. Uh, see, asking, the word is asking God to unfold his plan for our lives in his time. Asking God to unfold his plan. God has a plan for your life. You're not an accident. 
We are people of purpose. We're people of destiny. And God knows the plan for your life. And if you walk with him and ask him to reveal it, he will bring you into it as you hear him, listen to him, obey him, live holy before him. God will bring you into what he would have you to be. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, that's right. A prosperous future. Uh, number 14, unconfessed sins will short circuit. The word is short circuit the potential and power of God in your life. Unconfessed sins will short circuit the power, the potential and power of God in your life. Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who covers his sins will not prosper. Now, now, don't just run past that. Jot that jot, write that scripture, scripture reference down. He who what? Covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and what? Forsakes them will have mercy. In other words, you can't just cover up your sins, cover up your sins, look at pornography, sleep with somebody that you're not married to, you know, just gamble God's money away, live any kind of way, cuss and, and, and do all kinds of shenanigans. And then think God's going to bless your mess. Samson allowed sin to short circuit the potential and power of God in his life. Everybody with a Bible, turn to the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 16 through 21. You got to get there because I want you to do some underlining. This is Maranatha Bible Church, and we are studying intensely the word of God. Okay, judge, I know it's a, script, it's, a, it's a book you don't turn to too often, so I give you a moment. Keep turning. Look at the table of content if necessary. Let your pride go. <laughs> Judges chapter 16, verses 16 through 21. When you find it, say amen. Okay, Samson allowed sin to short circuit the potential and power of God in his life. And I'm going to tell you some things uh, to underline as you go through this text. And it came to pass... When she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak. And be like any other man. Now he is disclosing to this woman something he should not be disclosing. That's right. He was disclosing the secret to his strength. And it is bad to tell folk uh, what God has not authorized you to tell them. So underline that. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Verse 18. Man, all the, all the Delilahs are not gone. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went and called for, her, for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. Of the, the, so the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. She sold him out. Verse 19, Then she lulled him to sleep. Rock-a-bye, baby. Just love him to sleep on her knees. 
and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, torment him, and his strength left him. Underline that. And his strength, what? Left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, underline this, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Underline this, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. It's dangerous to be serving in the house of God without the presence of God in your life. Verse 21, then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Hey, listen, because of sin, listen to this well now. Are y'all listening? Because of sin, Samson lost his hair. Word is hair. Samson lost his strength. Sin is dangerous. Uh, Samson lost the presence of God. Because of sin, Samson lost his eyes. And Samson lost his freedom. Wow, he ended up bound in prison. Learn from Samson's failure. Repent and return to God before sin entangles you, take you captive, and even destroy you. Even destroy you. Look at the, look at the losses that, he, that, that occurred because of his sin. He had a Nazarite vow upon him. The power of God was upon him. The favor of God was upon him. And he lost it all. Messing with that woman. A whole lot of folk have lost too much from messing with that woman. <laughs> and on the other side, messing with that man. Some men make you pregnant, you can't find them. Fatherless baby, because he said, I love you. And he vanished just after the pregnancy. Messing with that man. You better walk with God. You better hear God. Just because you think he's okay, she okay, doesn't mean that they're okay. You better hear God about long-term relationship, especially marriage. Listen, the, the greatest decision you can make in your life is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Okay? This is a side note for whoever needs it right now. And the second greatest decision you can make in your life is who you're going to marry and stay married to until death do you part. If you're going to be with them that long, that's a major decision. That's the second major decision you can make. And a whole lot of you, those marriages went awry because the truth be told, you didn't check in with God. You listen to the voice of man or woman over the word of God. Okay, now, let's go on now. What must we as believers do to maximize to our fullest potential all that God desires for us? What must we do as believers to maximize to our fullest potential all that God has, God desires for us? Number one, even though many Christians love Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, it cannot become the word is reality in our lives until our agenda becomes his agenda. In other words, Matthew 6, 10 and 13 says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
and all these things shall be added to you. All these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, Number two, you cannot be maximized by God to your fullest potential until you begin to realize when you're declining spiritually and with the help of God, put the brakes on your spiritual regression. If you don't know you're declining spiritually, you cannot put the brakes on. You see, you got to be aware, uh, uh, sensitized to your spiritual condition. Jeremiah 7 23 through 24 is a powerful scripture. Some of you are not going forward in your spiritual life. You're going backwards and you don't even know it because you're not spiritually attuned to God. Jeremiah 7, 23 through 24 says, but this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. If you obey God, Keep his commandment. It will be what? Well with you. Verse 24. Underline this. Yet. Here's what they didn't do. And some of you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear. But followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts. And went backwards and not followed. Look at that. That is powerful. And they went what? And not what? A little bit louder. They went what? And not what? Let me ask you a question. Which way are you going? Which way are you going? You, it, 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 one of two ways. You're either going forward or backwards. Or maybe you're just standing still. I just throw that in. Not going anywhere. You're not going. You just, and that's still backwards in a sense. You know? Are you going backwards or forward? This year we have to make up our mind to go what? Forward. Uh, number three. What must we do as believers for God to maximize himself to the fullest in us? Uh, Sit before the Lord and allow him to give you spiritual goals that will challenge your life spiritually and help you to mature and be more productive for Christ. Ask God to give you spiritual goals and then begin to allow him to work that out in your life. Spiritual goals for your consideration is a place to start. You say, well, I don't know what my spiritual goals are. I decided to give you some in the spirit so that as a starter, because you think everything's all right with you. So let me, let me just help you out a little bit. You don't mind? Help you out? Spiritual goals for your consideration. Keeping your commitment, keeping the commitments you make. You say, something, you say you're going to do something, what? Do it. If you're not going to do it, don't say you're going to do it. That's the line. Okay. Uh, investing in the lives of others, children, single parents, children, being a mentor, being a big brother, big sister, investing in the lives of the unfortunate, uh, a reduction of pleasure, entertainment and technology to spend more time in prayer in the Bible and scripture memory. Some of you on the Internet, uh, you're, you're with your, uh, your iPads and iPhones and I this, all the eyes. Instead of the Bible, improving your attendance in church, uh, Sunday school and the Lord's Supper. Jesus died for you that you be saved out of your sins. He paid an excruciating price that we would have salvation. And, And he says, all I want you, I want you to come and I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I want you to I want you to symbolically take of the cup and the bread 
in remembrance of my sufferings for you, my death for you, my burial for you, and my rising from the grave for you. And you know what? It is spiritual negligence for God to do all that for us. And he says, come back and say thank you. And you can just miss Holy Communion as to stay in the bed, watch a game, or do whatever you would like to do. And we ought to do that once a month. If you've got to struggle to do spiritual things, you are carnal indeed. He said, why after all that? <laughs> Some of you, how many times you came to Holy Communion last, last year? Count them. Some of you, none. Don't even care. Some of you, twice. Some of you, maybe four times. Some of you, half. If you had perfect attendance last year, raise your hand if you had perfect attendance in Holy Communion. Look at that. Some hands going. Okay. Uh, 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 near perfect. Raise your hand. Near perfect. There are more hands. And I'll stop right there. There's room for improvement. A spiritual goal, being a faithful tither to the glory of God. God is calling, calling his people to give 10% off the top to the glory of God. We don't come into this year robbing God. We come into this year blessing God. He could have left us back in May or left us back in June. You, you are blessed to be a blessing. And you don't shortchange the one that you need to depend on for your very existence. Uh, another spiritual goal, being willing to forgive and not holding on to that old baggage from last year and 20 years ago. Uh, being uh, Speak less and listen more. Some of you talk too much. My goal is to say, you know, I'm not going to talk so I'm going to do more listening. Have a good attitude and be an encourager. There are so many discouraged people. They don't need to hear all your bad news. Applying the word of God to your life is a spiritual goal. To be trustworthy and reliable is a spiritual goal. Submitting to the authority of leadership is a spiritual goal. Refuse to lie, grumble, gossip, and be negative is a spiritual goal. Being a peacemaker by humbling ourselves and saying, please forgive me. By saying, I was wrong. And saying, I could have handled this in a more God-honoring way. When's the last time you said that? Please forgive me. When's the last time you said I was wrong? Or to your spouse, to a friend, to somebody who, who you know love you, that you've hurt. When's the last time you said to somebody, you know what? I handled this and I thought I was doing the right thing, but I mishandled it. And uh, I wished I had heard God more before I acted uh, on this decision in this manner. You understand what I'm saying? Servanthood. How are you going to serve God in this year? Now, is this a good list to start with? Number four, only a life that is totally yielded and surrendered to the lordship. The three words are yielded, surrendered, and lordship of Jesus Christ will we rise to our God-given potential. Isaiah 6 eight says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. That's a life of surrenderedness, yieldedness, life of this, that's dependent upon the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Acts 9, 6, 8 says, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God knocked Paul, saw off that beast, got a hold to him. He saw the Lord. And, and yielded by saying, what would you have me to do, God? Number five, walking, communing, having intimate relationship and fellowshipping with God will result in unlimited kingdom 
possibilities. You want to see God do great things through you? Work in you supernaturally, abundantly, far more than you can ask, ask or think? Start walking with God, living with God, communing with God, having intimacy with God, fellowshipping with him. Genesis 5.24 says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Number six, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill and control every aspect of our lives will enable us to see the power of God put on display through us and the divine favor from God upon us. Allowing the Holy Spirit to what? Fill and control every aspect of our lives. Being controlled by the Holy Spirit. I heard someone say just recently, said, hey, you, you can't depend on the word, but you can depend on your anointing. And I thought that was crazy. You can't depend on the word. Listen, you get your anointing from the word. And that's right, right. That's right. I said, man, you, you, don't you digest everything, every preacher, every book, that, or whatever books say. And just because they're on television don't mean it's right, even on radio. You got to listen in the spirit. You better depend upon the word. That's right. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you understand the word of God. And, and matter of fact, the word of God help you to understand the spirit of God. Ephesians 5.18 says, but be filled with the Spirit, allowing him to control every aspect of your life. Number seven, dream God-sized dreams. You know, some of y'all, you don't have any vision. Uh, what, what, what you going to do with yourself? I don't know. Where you going? I don't know. What you want to see God do with your new year? I don't know. What do you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's right. I like that. I don't know. Everything is I don't know. Why you don't know? This is a new day. It's a new year. And I don't, it doesn't matter whether you're 18, 38, 58, 68, 78, 88, 98. If you got breath in your body and you, you got your right mind, listen, God, God has a purpose for your life. That's right. He has purpose for your life. Your life ought to be spirit-driven. And you ought to be passionate about knowing God and asking God to, to give you vision for your life, to help you dream big. Joseph was so much of a dreamer until the word of God says in Genesis 37, 19, then they said to one another, look, <laughs> this dreamer is coming. This dreamer. I mean, they, they, he was known for his dreams. Do you have a dream? Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Where's your dream? When somebody look at you, they can say, look, there she come again. She got all those dreams for her life, all them visions. She always talking about what God's going to do with her. Through. Well, that's better than hearing nothing and I don't know. <laughs> Let me conclude with this. Why has God provided a wealth of resources for his children through Christ? Why has God provided a wealth of resources for his children uh, through Christ. Verse 21 in the text gives us the answer of Ephesians 3. Verse 21 gives us the answer to this profound question. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. What? Amen. God gives us access to these immense resources we have in Christ for the purpose of glorifying him in the church throughout all the ages forever. God is glorified in the church when the saints, the word is obey God's commandments, John 14, 21, 
obey God's commandments, John 14, 21, the church shows the love of Christ. The word is love of Christ. John 13, 34 through 35. You can read that in your quiet time. God is glorified when, we, when the church shines in the midst of a dark, decaying, and decadent world. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men. When the church demonstrates unity, John 17, 11, Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer, I pray that they be one. Practicing church discipline, the word is discipline, Matthew 18, 15 through 17, and evangelization, Acts 1, 8. And when the world can recognize that we have been with Jesus. When people see your life, what do they see? Do they see the residue of the world or do they see Jesus? Do they see an alcoholic, a materialistic person, a sports crazed person that can only talk about football and basketball and ball ball? You know, what, what, what do they see? Huh? A gambler? The lottery? What do they see when they see you? And they took note that they have been with Jesus. A lot of folk will not read the Bible, but they will read your life. And when they read your life, what kind of message will you receive? Will they receive from your life? And all God's children said, amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Oh, God, so needed, so wonderful. It is our prayer, oh, God, that we would take this message and take it to heart. It was a lot given but enough for us to jumpstart our year spiritually to do far more than we did in time past. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. The word of God admonishes us to wait patiently on him and he will give us the desires of our hearts. We must pray, meditate, commune, and wait on God. We must fight against the I, me, and my right now syndrome that perpetuates today's society. God and God alone is the answer to everything. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 16.